This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, February 16th. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, incumbent commissioner Ann Brown seeks another term. Eyes to ears with Kayla Beatman. Get out of bed for Comedy Fest. And a mountain weather forecast. The race for the seat of San Miguel County Commissioner in the 1st District is heating up, as incumbent Ann Brown is announcing her bid. Although Brown currently holds the seat, she has never appeared on a ballot for the position. Brown was appointed in May 2023 by the county's Democratic Party, following the resignation of then-Commissioner Hillary Cooper. Since day one, Brown has pledged to run for a full term come the 2024 election. That commitment, she says, You know, that was sort of a no-brainer. There is such a big learning curve, and not only in terms of my effort, um, but in terms of all the staff that um, have sat with me and coached me and um, brought me up to speed. Uh, So that I realize even more so how important it is. Um, that I committed to that to that full term, and so here I am. As Commissioner Brown officially announces her re-election bid, she joins current Telluride Town Council member Geneva Shawnette. Shawnette announced she would be seeking the District 1 position earlier this month. Says Brown of the election. I was hoping that it would be uncontested, but here we are, and, you know, I'll take it as it comes. I think we'll have some great conversations about our thoughts about how to govern, and the future of the county. Brown adds, with the steep learning curve that comes with the position, she feels she's really just started. Brown has lived in the area since 1989. She notes she raised a family here and pursued a career in marketing before retirement in 2019. COVID pulled her out of retirement to work with the county on their pandemic response, and she was hooked. I was just super impressed. I had no idea the breadth of the kind of services that were provided by the county. In her time on the commission, Brown says she's focused on housing, property tax relief, and cost of living concerns for fixed income residents, and advocacy for the county's immigrant population. She has also participated in the East End Master Plan process and wishes to further the county's work in the behavioral health field. Through her work with the county, Brown says she's learned firsthand. We're a very diverse community in terms of how long people have lived here, how we make our living, our um, our personal and family backgrounds. And all of that needs to be considered by the BOCC. And I have that passion for deep understanding and careful consideration and level-headed decision-making. The primary for the San Miguel County Democrats is on June 25th. At 1 p.m. on Saturday, March 9th, the county will set their primary ballot at their caucus at the Wilkinson Library. A candidate seeking election must receive at least 30 percent of the votes cast at the caucus in order to appear on the primary ballot. Brown invites anyone seeking to get in touch to reach her at 970-729-2491 or by emailing dot of smc at gmail.com before being numerical. Each week, Eyes to Ears showcases art from local galleries. But this week, 
Telluride High School's Caleb Eatman asks listeners to look inward. Have a listen. Good evening and welcome back to another installment to the Eyes to Ears series. I am your host, Caleb Eatman, and today I will describe a photograph I found in Baked in Telluride. The name of the photographer was not named, but they did leave their social media. So if you're intrigued and online, find at Landfish on Instagram. This is the photo known as Wild Garden. Emerging from the grayish-blue sky as if it were fog was the jagged edges of jade and silver mountains. The surface of these hills runs smoother and smoother as they creep closer to the camera until it's less like stone reaching out for the clouds and more like piles of soft pillows of moss. We see the edge of the mountain our apparatus sits on, as the trail of sharp rocks that covers the hillside nearly cuts a border between the mountains before us and the land we gaze upon. Flowing golden wires of dead grass rest between the jagged stones and the warm colored flowers, sprouting from beneath its own moss-covered walls, rising like wildfire, are these flowers with stems of red and orange. While I understand that photography is an art form as well as any other medium, I still often find myself to be more interested in paintings or jewelry rather than describing a photo, which is why this is my second photograph-centric episode within series. Which brings me to wonder, what is your favorite or least favorite medium of art? whether as a creator or an observer. Think on that for a bit. But this has been a short episode of Eyes to Ears. My name is Kayla Beatman, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Comedy Fest is upon us. The annual brouhaha, going 24 years strong, has returned this President's Day weekend to the Sheridan Opera House with an all-star lineup of names from Jason Mansukas to Nick Kroll to Paul Shear, Rebecca Kohler. Longtime festival producer Jeb Barrier was good enough to come by KOTO and give us the lowdown on the nearly sold-out event. Barrier begins by reflecting on returning to Telluride after some many months away. I see people that I think I might know, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or doppelgangers of old friends. There are a lot of doppelgangers, and there, <clears throat> there are a lot of people that look like they might be that guy you knew 20 years ago, but maybe they've been either out in the sun or in the bar for too long. Right. And so you're not sure if right. it's them, and they don't really recognize you. Because either they don't remember or you've done similar things to yourself. Or perhaps you look, frankly, too young. Or you look too young. Yeah. Yeah, which I've been accused of. Yeah. But you pass by each other awkwardly on Main Street thinking, do I say hi to that person? Right. And then you either do or you don't. There are very few people who are truly recognizable in town. Is that right? Well, I mean, there's art good times and uh, I can't think of another. Ben Kerr. Yes. Legendary mustache. Yes. And Susan Kerr, actually, Susan both Kerr. of them. <clears throat> yes, yeah. very, both recognizable. Power couple. 
Absolutely. They're the original Jay-Z and Beyonce of Telluride. Okay. <laughs> so so can we talk about Comedy Fest? Like, listen, we'll get to the Comedy Fest. That's happening. Everyone knows. Do we even need to really talk about you it? You know, I, 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 I'm not sure they know because I haven't actually mentioned it on a newscast yet. What? No, not at all. Okay. This is the first we'll hear of it. Breaking news. Yeah. What's the news of Comedy Fest? I mean, it's, it's going to be sensational. Is it going to be good? It's going to be amazing. Will will people laugh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, because we have a lot of festivals, and uh, not not many of them are about Bye. laughter. No. Well, I guess you're right. You got bluegrass. Yeah, I didn't laugh at bluegrass. That's dancing. Yeah. And there's blues and brews. There's film festival. There's going to be some laughter there. No. No. Pretty, I have no. You've never laughed at film I've Fest. never laughed at film There's Fest. some pretty dark stuff there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, have gone in even ready to laugh yeah. and then been just devastated. Right. Yeah. Got it. It's not going to be, hopefully the Comedy Fest won't, will sort of be the antithesis of all that. But if you do want to wear all black... If you do want to um, act like a film fest patron, we welcome you. Uh, so people are gonna they're gonna get together, they're gonna laugh. Um, is that that's the whole idea? It is a cathartic, healing, overall like insanely positive experience. So it's not just about. Um, now I sound like a total pretentious, you know what, right now. I, you are wearing all black. I am, and it is it is kind of being pretentious, but also at the same time, why do we go and and sit with a group of people? in a room and have people say things that we find funny and all laugh together because it's feels good. A, we live in a time when we're more disconnected than ever. We, and P, I say we, those of us who live in Telluride, it's busy, you know? It is, people joke about, oh yeah, it's so stressful living in Telluride, but it can be, right? You're in the middle of winter season. It's very, been very busy and it's cold and it's kind of dark and hey man, come into a, beautiful theater, sit with a couple hundred people and all laugh together. Spiritual. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the only reason to get up in the morning is to, is to, is to hope to laugh that day. The hope. To the laugh. hope of laughing that day. Right. And right. if you do laugh, you might, maybe, oh, geez, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah. I oh, forgot. God. This feels really oh, good. Oh, it feels so good. And it's not like sitting there watching something on your screen and thinking, oh, that's funny. You know, I watched this thing. This little kid said something funny on a reel or... Oh, LOL. Right. Yeah, oh, LOL. Ha ha. My, the, the funny laughing emoji guy. Um, well, where are you staying this year in town? I'm staying at um, down with my friend Doug and Stacy. My friend's Doug and Stacy. Oh, good. Nice. They keep a little room for me. Great. A little pied de terre. That's a good deal. It's a real good deal. Every year is harder. So, you know, you have to have your... You have to have your spot. Oh, it's crazy. I tried to book a ski lesson for someone, a private ski lesson for this weekend, and I was told that the best bet is to try getting online in August. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Plan ahead. That's not my style. Right. So. Send them to Durango. Luckily, I don't need a private lesson. Hesperus. No, I think that one closed. Oh, yeah. But Telluride remains open. Is ski stoner still a thing? No, you know, I, I've only skied Telluride. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, I want to give a plug that we are almost sold out for all the shows, but there's still sponsorships available. If you want to get your name on the poster, get a shout out from the stage, get a table in the front, 
Um, we will or will not make fun of you, depending on your wishes. All right, Jeb Barrier, is there anything else you'd like to add that um, folks should know about Comedy Fest um, or what uh, folks should know about the state of the town they're living in? I don't think I should be the one to tell you guys that. You know, I mean, it's, it's just nice to have a fresh perspective. I love it. You know, I come in and, and I'm excited to be here. And I do see people and they're like, you know, it's different. It's changed. And it has. And that is true. But you know what? There's still the, a lot of people that I love here. And you look up at that mountain, pretty special. And ultimately, funny things still happen until you ride. That's right. And that's that keeps you getting out of bed. Yeah. You wake up and you go, what funny things can happen today? Something funny might happen today. It might. In fact, many things that happen in Telluride are just sort of funny. They're just funny. It's kind of a weird, yeah. funny, absurd kind of a place. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. What's next for you today? I might go down to the library right now and just get on the internet for old time's sake. All right. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. All right. Thanks for having me. That was Jeb Barrier discussing the 2024 Comedy Festival, which is running all weekend at the Sheridan Opera House. Most shows are sold out, but check for last-minute tickets at SheridanOperaHouse.com or show up at the door and plead your case. As if all the books, the vast collection of unusual items, and the great events weren't enough, the Wilkinson Library is now promising free money. No, they're not handing out cash, but the library and EcoAction partners say they're teaming up for an info session on how you can access an unprecedented bounty of federal and state funds to make your lifestyle greener, more energy efficient. Programs stemming from legislation passed earlier in the Biden administration are now offering generous rebates and tax incentives for anything from installing home solar to purchasing an electric vehicle to getting a heat pump. EcoAction Partners' Sean Hart will, at the event, which will be held next Wednesday, February 21st at 5.30, EcoAction's Sean Hart will connect anyone interested with resources and information on how to green up and save money while you do it. The Norwood District of the Grand Mesa Uncompagre and Gunnison National Forest has a new acting district ranger, and he's from Norwood, raised on a ranch outside of town. Tanner Hunt has worked for the past two decades on fire management with the BLM and other federal agencies in the Rocky Mountain region. Megan Eno was formerly our region's district ranger, Eno moved into a position as Deputy Forest Supervisor for the GMUG on an interim basis. She notes Hutt's familiarity with the area is a welcome asset alongside his, quote, leadership abilities and easygoing nature, unquote. In Washington, Colorado Congressman Joe Neguse is running for a leadership position in the U.S. House of Representatives. He announced his candidacy for assistant Democratic leader this week on social media platform X. Nagus represents Colorado's 2nd Congressional District, which encompasses Boulder. If successful, he would become the third top Democratic lawmaker in the chamber. Congressman Jim Clyburn of South Carolina is stepping down from the position. 
federal water managers proposed a new water release plan to help threatened native fish in the Grand Canyon. But as KUNC's Alex Hager reports, conservation groups say the plan needs to go further. It all has to do with dropping water levels in Lake Powell, the nation's second largest reservoir. They're so low that non-native smallmouth bass are passing through the dam and eating native humpback chub on the other side. Taylor McKinnon with the Center for Biological Diversity says physical changes need to be made to the dam. The Bureau of Reclamation has lots of very smart engineers on staff, and the fact that they have not figured out how to do this today shows that they have not made it a priority. McKinnon says that's a reflection of the federal government's inability to keep up with the impacts of climate change, which is the major driver of dropping water levels in Lake Powell. I'm Alex Hager. The sport of ice climbing is growing in popularity. There are festivals and competitions happening in communities around the U.S. But the sport hasn't always been accessible to everyone. Laura Palmasano of KVNF and Rocky Mountain Community Radio reports that's changing as she takes us to the tiny town of Lake City, Colorado to ice climb with a group of adaptive athletes. It's a snowy morning in early February. Dozens of ice climbers are at the Lake City Ice Park for the town's annual ice festival. 29-year-old Derek Reamer of Louisville, Colorado traveled nearly five hours to ice climb here. I ski a lot, so I have to balance ice climbing with skiing, but it's a really fun thing to do in the winter. Reamer is blind. He uses sound and touch instead of sight to help him climb. Ice is very tactile and you kind of can feel what's convex and concave with the ends of the tool because they're such a sharp point. It doesn't require a ton of visuals at all. He also rock climbs, so he says ice climbing was a natural progression. In ice climbing, I can make my own footholds for a lot of the time, and I can make my own handholds a lot of the time. Unlike with rock climbing where you kind of are at the mercy of your holds, ice climbing gets rid of a lot of those variables, so it's in some ways easier to adapt. Reamer is one of nine adaptive athletes at the Lake City Ice Park today. He's part of a guided ice climbing trip with Paradox Sports. The Boulder-based nonprofit facilitates adaptive climbing opportunities. Paradox Sports instructor David Egan traveled from Seattle to Lake City to work with the adaptive climbers. Well, as Malcolm Daly said so profoundly, show me what you got and we'll go from there. So if I need to figure out how to get your tool onto your arm that doesn't have full function, we'll figure that out. If someone has, they're in a chair, we'll figure out how they can use their arms more. Egan says outside of the guardrails of safety, everything in adaptive climbing becomes creative, and the point is to have fun. We want them to walk away, wheel away, crutch away, any way they go away with something accomplished. You know, it's all about empowerment. In 2021, Katie Nelson of Montrose, Colorado, suffered a spinal cord injury. I was really fortunate that my injury is considered an incomplete spinal cord injury, so I have minimal paralysis. Before her accident, the 33-year-old was an avid rock climber. She was determined to return to it. Because I really, really wanted to get back outside and out doing the things that made my heart happy, I had that extra motivation to really do my PT, my homework, and, and all that work that came with it. She's back to rock climbing, but in the winter, she now also ice climbs. Nelson started last year and says the sport has taught her some things. 
I mostly have just learned more about how I want to use my body and how I can use my body to kind of compensate for what it's not going to do anymore. This is a sport where no matter what, everybody has to use tools. That would be ice picks and crampons. Doesn't matter how many limbs you came with, what parts of you you can or can't feel, everyone starts on that level playing field of having to use the tools. Sam Sala is the national program manager for Paradox Sports. The Lake City Ice Park is, to me, probably one of the best accessible ice parks I've ever been to. He compares it to the Array Ice Park just over the mountain pass. He says it's larger and logistically more challenging to access. You start at the top of the gorge and you have to hike people down or lower them into the gorge. With people with physical disabilities, some of them have limited mobility. Getting down into the canyon and getting back out can be the hardest part. Sala also says ice climbing in other areas can involve navigating difficult terrain or travel in the backcountry. That's not the case with the Lake City Ice Park. Lake City, we drive up to the parking lot, walk 150, 200 feet, and we're at the base of just absolutely pristine, beautiful, steep ice. So it's not really any place like it. Back at the ice wall, Sala stands below adaptive athlete Derek Reamer, offering guidance. Swing that again, man. You're a little bit wobbly. Make sure you're really planting tools. There you go. Nice. Back on the ground, Reamer says it's not just instructors who help out. If you have someone in a wheelchair and you have someone who's blind, it might be the case that the blind person's pushing the chair while the person in the chair is guiding. We all help each other out, and I think the community is as important as the program itself. This is his third ice climbing trip and second time at the Lake City Ice Park. I had heard about ice climbing. I'm like, that sounds really scary. Uh, I should try it, though. He offers this advice for anyone nervous about attempting the sport or any new activity. Part of managing fear is having a progression to get better and being intentional about the things that you learn at any given point so that you're not doing too much at once. Reamer says if you plan to try ice climbing, go with people who are experienced and can guide you. Reporting from Lake City, I'm Laura Palmisano. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a slight chance of snow tonight with a low around 20. A cloudy morning on Saturday will gradually clear to partial sun. Expect mostly cloudy skies to return Saturday night. The daytime high is around freezing with a nighttime low in the mid-teens. Sunday, expect cloudy skies and a chance of snow showers with a high around 35 degrees. Sunday night will be partly clear with a low near 20 degrees. This has been the news for Friday, February 16th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Hello, lovely Koto listeners. Claire from Telluride Chamber Music here to tell you all about an unmissable concert we have coming up on March 1st. Following the phenomenal performance by the New York Philharmonic Brass Quintet last summer, Telluride Chamber Music is once again bringing musicians from the country's most renowned orchestra, the New York Philharmonic, to Telluride. This concert on March 1st will feature music for flute and harp, performed by Mindy Kaufman and June Han, and is co-presented by Palm Arts. 
Flute and harp is a timeless and beautiful combination of instruments. The programme will feature a traditional first half with music by composers such as J.S. Bach, and then the second half will take the audience on a trip around the world with Spanish, tango and Cuban-influenced pieces. Don't miss out on this amazing concert. March 1st, 7pm at the Michael D. Palm Theatre. Get your tickets now at telluridechambermusic.org. Advanced tickets are $40 for adults, $20 for students, and then tickets on the door are just $5 more. Thank you and see you there. Hi, this is Douglas Tooley. It's Friday, February 16th, 2024. Today I'm taking a step back from my normal political commentary to talk about method. Essentially, the speculative philosophy of the early 20th century mathematician Alfred North Whitehead. I'd like to thank the outgoing pastor of Christ Church, Pat Bailey, for setting me on this path. Most notably, the Science and Spirituality Conference, sponsored by Don Montgomery and organized by Teresa, Wetman, Teresa Westman. Whitehead's process philosophy arose in the intellectual period after the discovery of relativity and quantum mechanics. Whitehead's 1929 Process in Reality shares much with Eastern religion, but is also grounded in those modern physics. Simply put, Whitehead believed reality is built not from facts, but from becoming, from process. Not from noun, but from verb. Notably, Whitehead also finds a role for God, albeit most certainly not a fundamentalist nor Zionist God. It was theologians who saved Whitehead from obscurity. Those theologians have built a diverse international intellectual community that also includes spiritual atheists, such as yours truly. Diving deeper into process thought, consider Descartes' dualism of mind and matter. Process thinkers believe that mind makes matter, and matter makes mind, in a complex and beautiful dance. Or consider the measurement problem in quantum physics. The relational approach of Zeilinger and Ravelli sees the collapse of the wave function to a particle as how objective reality is built. Process thinkers see the emergence of a particle from a field as life and consciousness in a very simple and creative process, the pattern of which is God. The postmodern feminist process theologian Catherine Keller finds God not created fully formed from nothing, but from this chaos, from the depths of chaos. Whitehead strongly believed in the sovereign creative freedom of the individual and also that every individual is embedded in society, the environment, and the universe, with the final result being unpredictable, always unpredictable. Whitehead said that, quote, the merest hint of dogmatic certainty is an exhibition of folly. Lastly, consider the partisan dualism of American politics, which with certainty and foolishness only reduces the freedom of every individual and deadens our communities. I hope in some small fashion my commentaries have enlivened your thinking and inspire you to creative action. Thank you. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Kodo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.